podcast. My name's Michelle Johns, and in this series, I share seven lessons I learned working in the corporate world as a woman. In this episode, I'm going to share how creating a workplace persona is counterintuitive and provide you with five tips how you can become comfortable to bring your authentic self to work. This first lesson is a big one for me. I would have saved a lot of time if my future self could have come back in time and whispered, just be yourself in my ear. I spent the early years of my career in a sort of gender identity crisis. I was doing really well working in a US-owned global organization. I was fortunate to be getting broad experience as an accountant. I was being given promotions. I was given many opportunities to be on projects. This consumed a lot of my personal time. I was single, so I had no family responsibilities outside of work. I did play sport and had interests, but I could easily work long days, travel interstate and travel overseas. I found I was in male company most of the time. A lot of my female colleagues were working nine to five and some part-time or taking time off for maternity leave. I did hang out with my female work friends at lunch or even outside of work for shopping trips, but my focus was on what the men were doing. Now, this wasn't conscious. It was subconscious, I guess, because clearly that was what I needed to do to progress my career. I got invited to the dinners when the delegates came out from the overseas offices, or maybe a lot of people were invited, but I could actually go. Uh, I was invited to do training that my colleagues were part of as well. But there was one thing I noticed initially, and that was that I wasn't invited to golf days. And I thought, rubbish, that's rubbish. I know the rules, um, but I can't play. Uh, and I and I thought, I better learn how to play golf. And I thought, I honestly thought at that stage, if I learn to play golf now in my 20s, I'll be able to say yes when I get invited to those golf days when I'm in a senior role. And I'll be able to show them how good I am at playing. I really had this as a goal. It was like on my vision board. So I thought, I need to get started now. I took up golf lessons and I still play to this day. I actually like playing golf. I'm not great at it, but I like playing. But to this day, I've never been invited to a golf day with the boys. Now, to be fair, companies I worked in, they've had those inclusive, fun golf days, but they're not the golf days where the decisions are made. And I was never invited to any of those. This was something bigger than golf. I wasn't exhibiting traditional traits of my male bosses and colleagues. It really isn't about the golf. I learned that if I wanted to make it to the boardroom, and that's what I wanted to do at that stage of my career, that was my aspiration, I better learn how to be more like the men in my company. And my first experience with a woman in a leadership role in that company, um, I noticed, and again, subconsciously, She was more like the men in my company and that the women I hung out with in the lunchroom um, were not like that. She was single, so in my head, tick. She had no children, again, in my head, tick. She was unemotional, no tick for me. And when I say unemotional, she just didn't 
show her emotions. So at this stage of my career, all the signals were pointing um, to become more like a man um, and less like the women that I enjoyed socialising with. So off I set. I continually looked for confirmation that I was doing the right thing after that. So when I would slip into my own natural style and was advised by mentors and bosses to be less emotional and more confident, I would go home and kind of beat myself up about it. I know this. I've, I've done the research. What's happening? But clearly, showing up each day trying to be someone I'm not is going to have impacts. And two of these impacts that I'll call out now. One is I put myself under immense stress. It takes a lot of energy to be someone you're not. Many times I was in meetings and I just didn't speak up because I may sound emotional or I would have to over-prepare for meetings so that I sounded monotone and calm and considered and reasonable. Now, if anyone knows me today, they would say, but Michelle, you are calm and considered. Yes, but I'm also energetic and excitable. I instinctively choose them as they're needed. At that time in my life, I was trying to create a persona and didn't even know who I really was. And the second impact, people can smell BS a mile away or a kilometre away in Australia. Even if I could present as someone I am not, um, it wasn't authentic. And not everyone, but most people will either consciously or subconsciously respond to that. If they don't notice that I have my fist clenched under the desk while I'm reminding myself to play the role, something in their gut will tell them that something is off about me. So even if I was successful in this pursuit, I was not about to earn the respect or the promotion to the boardroom. There was even a moment in my career where I thought, well, perhaps not consciously, but more in response to the feedback I was getting, that I use my femininity to be different amongst the boys rather than the same. So I would join the boys for a drink on a Friday, but not as one of the boys, one of the girls. And on reflection, I would be using my skills in building relationships and some of my more feminine traits to be able to then have their support in the workplace on Monday morning. You may say I did a lot of flirting, and yes, I did, and I got away with it because I was overtly doing it, exuding confidence, socially acceptable behavior, maybe not for the workplace, but for Friday night it was, and I wasn't biased. I flirted with women too, so it was okay. I was just flirtatious in in nature. This is not something I was doing consciously, but it did help to build relationships that people knew who I was. I have no idea what sort of conversations went on behind my back from the men and the women, but you and I can imagine uh, what, that, what they would have been. So the biggest lesson was being more like a man or overtly more like a woman is not the answer. And it was so counterintuitive because the more I tried to exhibit masculine traits in the workplace, the more exaggerated the feminine traits came out when I couldn't sustain the persona anymore. It would be like I was holding my breath for so long that when I let go, a huge gust of emotion would escape. So this may play out as crying in pressure situations or loud and large bursts of energy or passion about a topic I was connected with wholeheartedly. So even when I let my armor down, I was not showing my authentic self. 
I was an exaggerated version of my authentic self. And that was definitely not going to work in a traditionally masculine environment. So what is the answer? How do you avoid this mistake? Just be more like you. Sounds easy, but how many of us know ourselves well enough to know when we are not being authentic? The only way to be more like you is to know who you are better. I won't tell you it's easy. Looking at yourself closely in the mirror is hard, but it can be liberating. So I'll give you some tips on how you can start to get to know yourself better. You may have heard this before. You may already be doing some of these, but I think it's nice to have reminders sometimes. And if you're like me and listen to your podcast when you're away from your work, maybe you're out on a morning walk or an evening walk, it's a bit easier to really hear the tips. And again, in the context of the topic we're talking about today, it may be a bit easier to hear the tips. So here's what you can start to be. Um, so here's where you can start to be you and be comfortable being you in the, fir- in the workplace. The first tip, give yourself some time to reflect. Is what I talked about today relevant for you or someone close to you? If it is, check in with yourself. Do you behave vastly different at work than you do at home? Take down some notes, use pen and paper. What are those behaviours? And if it's someone close to you, how about send them this podcast or have a chat with them about what you heard? My second tip, after reflection, you may be a bit more aware and then you can take this awareness into the future and notice when you're behaving differently than feels comfortable for you. Now, I'm not saying that being you is comfortable when you're in an environment that is more balanced towards the acceptance of masculine type behavior. I'm talking about uh, when you do something and you have that feeling in your gut that it's not congruent with your values or principles. If you get that feeling in your gut, the intelligent people in the room will notice it as well. And my third tip, keep a journal. If you're already keeping one, make space for this while you're nailing it. You may keep a journal in the moment, so when you find yourself in this situation, it may be at the end of the day as part of your reflection or the end of the week. Whatever will work for you in the way you run your life. My fourth tip, enlist support. This one's really important in the moment. I'll explain this with an example. Maybe there's a particular meeting that you find yourself becoming someone you're not. This was me. I would walk into a particular meeting with some senior leaders in the room. I walked in. The moment I stepped through the door, my body stiffened. My shoulders tightened and my lips pursed together. My grip on my notebook would tighten. And by the time I sat down, I was no longer me. I was not feeling flow at all. And if I wasn't feeling flow, I am sure physiologically my blood flow was in slow motion as well. And oxygen was probably not getting to my brain fast enough. So I wasn't in a great position to make decisions or express my opinion in that room. If I did speak up, my voice was serious and stuck in my throat. Classic signs I was not being authentic. Looking back, if I had someone in that room I knew was supporting me, I think it could have helped. 
So this tip really is about being brave enough to ask for support. I wasn't brave enough. So this tip is about asking someone else who attends that meeting to support you. Fast forward a few years from that time, I was asked by someone to support them in a similar situation. And of course I did. And I had an aha moment. That took courage to trust me. I wish I was brave enough to have asked for support too. So no one likes an even number list, so I came up with a fifth tip. Uh, And that is pay it forward. Do you notice someone in situation that this happens to them? A particular regular meeting they seem to send their twin along to. Doesn't seem to be them. Or presentations with senior leaders or even team events. Some people um, struggle with those. If you notice a pattern like that in your own way, let them know you're supporting them. I've seen this played out in meetings where, or actually in particular meeting where I put an idea forward and it was responded to with dismay. Um, was dismissed. Later on, a male colleague, same meeting, put the same idea forward and that was responded to in a more positive way. And I didn't feel comfortable mentioning it. Uh, I didn't feel comfortable. I probably would have gone, duh, I just said that because, um, and that's probably how it would have come out. But another colleague supported me with this. Michelle presented that idea a few moments ago. I'm glad it's got the response it deserves second time round. Well, I was floored. Now, there are ways you can do this yourself with practice, but how good is it when someone else does it for you? It can, um, if you can be that person for someone else, I, I urge you to. And I urge you to because when I have researched this topic, uh, it's overwhelmingly the number one most common covert misogyny story I hear. So in summary, don't be like my younger self. Don't try to be someone you're not. Keep on just being you. And if you do find this is something you come across in the workplace, remember the tips. One, reflect on your own behavior. Are you always being behaving congruently with your authentic self? Two, notice yourself and your own behavior more. Three, Use journaling to note your own behaviours and drivers. And four, ask for support. Be brave. And five, pay it forward. Be that support for someone else. Well, that's it. That's a wrap. My first podcast recorded. Ah, I hope you have something to take away today and I really enjoyed recording this for you. I got through it. So next week, I will share another lesson I learned in the corporate world as a woman. Until then, let's get comfortable in our own skin and help others feel comfortable in their own skin too. We need more brave hearts in leadership positions. 